Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. On tonight's episode, Soldier First Class himself, Alex Moffat, is Crashing Game Night with us tonight. How are you doing tonight, Alex? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Welcome. It's an honor you. to have you on here. Um, as always, I am joined by my uh, partner in crime, Gerard Barrera. What's up, my fellow nerds? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. And then, of course, you know, Lion's Mane, Simba up in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. Here's a little roar, baby. Here's a little roar. How's it going, guys? <laughs> How you doing today? Oh, man. Things are things are okay. Um, everyone out in the country is kind of stressing right now. We're actually prepping at work to go work from home, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're outfitting us with everything we need to do to be from home so yeah we're in special personnel don't go to costco Costco. do you guys actually have toilet paper left uh we had toilet paper for about 20 minutes and then sold out that's so insane we had right for 10 minutes and sold out Oh I'm so God. glad that I live in a small town where people don't care about that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like everybody's like, oh, virus. No, we're, nobody's going to get it here. <laughs> Just watch out. If someone gets sick, then you're like, you're in quarantine, man. Like, <laughs> the, whole town, the whole town just Frankensteins it with torches and pitchforks yeah. <laughs> and, ha- right. and, hazmat, and hazmat suits. Well, we found out um, like it's it's actually here in Richmond now. Yeah, that like there are compilations on YouTube of like people going crazy or getting into fights at at grocery stores mm-hmm. for like yep. like t- trying to buy all of the toilet paper, all of the yeah, yeah like it's insane how it's became it, it's become a thing, like it's officially like a thing. I'm just curious, is like people are buying like tons and tons of toilet paper. <laughs> right? it's like, what are they doing? What are you with- doing? Like. Like, I did, feel like the kids in me would be like, yo, it's time to go toilet paper in somebody's house. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like a, a mean, blessing in disguise at this point. Not, oh, yeah, not going to lie. Is, is, is mean, everyone going like, if you guys, uh, hopefully you guys know this movie, but is it a what about Bob situation where like you're using <laughs> toilet paper for like everything, like opening every door or something? Like, is that where everyone's going now? Like, it's crazy. Are we going oh monk, like monk I level here? Oh yeah, I monk. I haven't seen that movie in years. Oh my! Oh, such a great movie. It yeah. is. It's yeah, really it is. a great movie. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm not gonna lie. I did pick up one extra pack today. You know, I mean, I went into the store. We needed toilet paper anyways. That's fine. Resist, our, resist, dude. Targets, Target shelves were like almost bare. Like yeah, they couldn't bring it out of the yeah, bag dude. fast enough. Um. <laughs> So, of course, you know, with us having the baby, I was like, well, let's go check the wipes. Let's go check the diapers because those are actually really necessary right now. Yeah. And I got the last two boxes of newborn diapers and the last two boxes of wipe refills. (laughs) Nice. That's so insane. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I mean, we'll we'll use them anyways. I mean, God, he's going through diapers like crazy right now, dude. So, uh, soldier, it's been a week. It's been a week for you. <laughs> a lot of news, a lot of stuff for Final Fantasy to talk about. Yeah. But let's let's talk about that uh, that YouTubing channel of yours, which is now has twelve thousand 
200,000 followers plus. How does that feel after only being doing it for a year? You know, honestly, I feel like it's one of those things where you always have dreams and you always have aspirations. But when stuff like that actually happens to you, you really don't know how to handle it. Like I, I've been the same person since day one that I am now. And I just feel like none of it feels real. Like I always wake up every day and I look at my subscriber count and I'm like, this is actually real. I have to remind myself every day that it's actually Mm -hmm. happening because I, I have this like huge fear that I'm going to wake up one day and just have four subscribers and all of my videos have like one view. (laughs) And I'm, I just, for me, it's, it's never, it's never felt real, I guess is how I should put it. So what's the, the history behind the moniker? What made you go with soldier first class of all the names out there? So a lot of people don't know unless they religiously watch my channel, but I used to have a failed channel back in the day, a few years ago. And after that failed and after I admitted that that was a failure, I kind of went into a little bit of a depressive state, not going to lie. And I replayed Final Fantasy VII, and I actually started watching some videos from my friend Night Sky Prince. And uh, I kind of Final Fantasy VII just kind of inspired me, and I felt like I resonated with Cloud a lot, you know, because I didn't know who I was at the time. Like I, the failed channel was kind of like my my passion project. And it got to the point where I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do with my life. And that's why I kind of resonated with Cloud because, you know, I put on this persona of something that I'm not. And then eventually I found Soldier First Class and it just kind of rung a bell with me. And that's basically where it started was that, you know, that ability to resonate with a character that I'd grown up playing as my whole life. And it just eventually one day soldier first class was born. That's awesome. And nice. a oh. year later, 12,000 subscribers. You also have, <laughs> you also have 1100 followers on Twitch now, which your Twitch live streams are hilarious, by the way. <laughs> that, thank you. <laughs> in, the, in the commentary. <laughs> It's just, it's one of those things like the other night when I was at work and I was like, you know what? He's on. I'm just going to pop in because I really don't want to do anything at work. <laughs> and it's just like, I made my couple of smart aleck comments and, and whatnot. But no, it's it's kind of entertaining, um, especially the when you started talking about your badge of honor. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Is that a story and a half? Um, I mean, can we, t- can we, talk about the story in a like a pg manner <laughs> we can you go I mean, okay <laughs> we can i can i can hold down the, the stream rant for for one night yeah <laughs> so <laughs> as as some of you may know from watching my twitch streams i tend to at least once a night go on something i call a stream rant uh, it's actually becoming very popular on my channel, un- <laughs> unintentionally, by the way. And it's entertaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure wh- what started it. I don't remember my first stream rant, but I remember it being like really epic. And what's funny about that is, is that people would comment on a video later after I would. So I would get done streaming 
And then either the next day or the day after that, I would release a video and somebody from that stream would come in and be like, oh my God, your stream rant was hilarious. I loved it. But I also resonated with it because it had a message behind it. And I think at some point I've actually implemented that stream rant unintentionally. (laughs) So now it's just, so now it's just like a thing that I do. And, uh, that's awesome. I just, uh, it's one of those things again, where like out of nowhere, something's just born and I just roll with it. Yeah. And, and then you get fun on, you you sometimes go on it on Twitter too, occasionally and (laughs) a little bit, but a little bit. So I gotta ask, so what's it feel like to know that the likes of Neil Pabon and some of the voice, uh, the voice cast actually knew who you were and followed you. Yeah. Like so Square that, Enix yeah. knows you. I, I'm not going to lie. It is super insane. It's a super insane feeling. And again, it's one of those things that just does not feel real. You know, when I went to PAX and I had, you know, Bree came up and gave me a hug. John hung out with me for like half an hour and talked to me and gave me some life advice. And, you know, when he when he first saw me at PAX, it was crazy because I didn't even get a chance to say hi to John. I was like mid wave at him when I saw him and he like runs up to me and hugs me so hard. Yeah. I thought he was going to snap. <laughs> me in half. That's and John. He's, he's just the nicest dude. Yeah. He really is. And the crazy part is, is like John Bree, Neil, they all treated me like I was family or like a lot, like a long lost friend they hadn't seen in forever when they saw me. And I, I think for me, that kind of shows that these guys aren't just, you know, drones, they're not just workers. They're not just doing what they're told. These guys actually, these guys actually care about the community and they care about, you know, the final fantasy fans. And for me, some random dude behind a camera that screams occasionally, uh, (laughs) for, for them to recognize me and for them to acknowledge me in that manner, it just, it was like a dream come true for me. Cause like when, like I said, when I started this channel, I did have dreams and goals and this was one of them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, again, you just never think it's going to happen to you until it does. And it's just one of the greatest feelings in the world to know that the company that you cover every single day of your life, the company that you've spent your entire life playing their games of now recognizes you as somebody in the community that's, uh, you know, that they know at by name. And it's just it's insane. It's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can say something we'll, we'll talk about it later in the show, but I think. It was the same way for us with E3. You know, we 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 knew when we started this thing, it's like last year we weren't going to get media credentials. We were too new. They had a six month. You had to be up and running type thing. We hadn't met it this year. We submit for industry pass or for media passes. We get the emails that say you're approved. All four of us. um, We're missing Theo tonight. Um, because he's being a slave to the man. Um, you know, Shinra kept, <laughs> Shinra kept him late at work. Um, you know, they have, the reactor. they have a habit of that, right? Um, but like getting that that email to say we were approved for media oh, meant that all this hard work that we've been doing over the last year with the website and and the podcast was worth it. You know, kind of like you going to eat packs and you running into those guys and they know you. Well, and the crazy the crazy part is, too, is that like they were messaging me before the show and asking me where yeah. I was at. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe these yeah. guys are like in my DMs on Twitter. And it was just so weird, too, because like 
knowing that they're watching me is a relief and a giant pressure all at the same time because I now know that they recognize me, but at the same time, I now know that they've seen everything mm-hmm. and that, <laughs> and that, <laughs> inclu- <laughs> that includes my highs. That includes my lows, my mids, probably some of my stream rants, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, and, I would love to eventually do some work with them, you know, obviously in the future, if I ever get to that level. And I think that it feels like I have, while they don't personally endorse me, of course, it feels like I have a whole team's worth of people in my corner and like even parts of Neil's team, like, uh, Jarek and Flannery, they're two people that work for square Enix and slate. He works for them too. They all knew who I was because they watched my content. And that just felt like another thing that was just really great about the whole experience was knowing that these people recognize me because they watch all of the hard work I put into my videos. Well, and that was the one thing, too, is when you and I were talking on, on Twitter and you were like, yeah, I'm just chilling out my layover. And I was like, oh, you're going to PAX. <laughs> so as soon as you said you were kind of in that layover, I literally just hopped over on my on my phone, I shot a text at John. I was like, hey, dude, Soldier is on his way. <laughs> Which I appreciate, by the way. Which, you know, because <laughs> I want to make sure that they knew, like, because John, of all of them, you know, that were going to be there, he was going to have the craziest schedule because he was up at a con up in Montreal. Then he was going to PAX. Then he was going to Toronto. I think back to PAX and then over to London. And then London back. I mean, it's insane. He was like, I was talking to him the other day, and he was like, dude, the jet lag is real <laughs> and and whatnot. But I wanted to make sure he knew you were coming. And then I also made sure to let him know that um, Final Fantasy Collector was going. Which, did you get to run into him while you were I there? Did. I actually ran into a bunch of people that I knew from Twitter and stuff like that. So that was a good experience, too. Yep. Now... How what how was it really deep down with just normal everyday people being at PAX recognizing you? So that that's another thing that's really weird, and I don't think I will ever get used to that. Um, so I was walking around with John at the beginning of the show, and we're walking down like so. The Square Enix booth was in the back of the sh- of the show expo floor, and the front of that booth had like a big walkway between it. And there was like Kerbal space program two or whatever. Well, there was this big walkway between the two and me and John started walking through the con. Cause he's, he asked me if I'd ever been to a con before and I'd never had. So he started walking me through the expo floor. So we're walking and it's me and him just chatting with each other. And this guy like walks by me and he goes, Oh, Hey soldier first class. I love your content, man. Keep it up. And then he just keeps walking. And like I look at John, John looks at me, and he's like, uh, "You're you're not used to that yet, are you?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, John, literally, this is the first time that's ever happened, ever." And I'm in a city that's like thousands of miles away from where I live, so for someone to recognize me in public like that was crazy. But then the like twelve other people that stopped me for pictures was also cra- each time I could not believe it. Like <laughs> you would you would think being at a show like that, you know the first the first couple people you're like okay they recognize me, that's insane. 
Yeah. But for even more people, you don't get used to it. It's not like a, oh, okay, 12 people later, I'm used to it. I don't think I'll ever get used to that feeling of having somebody be excited to take a picture with me. Just another random dude on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. But that's what we all strive for, though, when we do what we do, you know, maybe get noticed, you know. Well, Um, and the thing is about that is that I don't. I guess my thing is to not let it go to my head at all. Like I try to be as humble as possible because just like I said about John and Bree, you know, they're just everyday people like we are. And I want to greet people that watch my channel. I want to, I want to hang out with them, you know, and cause we have similar passions and they're people just like I am. And I, I love hanging out with, with the fans and stuff like that. It's, it's a great experience for me. It's mm-hmm. a good way to make new friends too, you know. Like, yeah, and yeah, like being I've, on this podcast. Would yeah. I, if I wasn't Soldier First Class, would I be on this podcast with you guys? You know, and hanging out with you guys is fun, and I get to do this kind of thing, and I love it. Yeah. Well, it is one of those things that you know. Yes, you are on the podcast because you are Soldier First Class. That being said, we have talked about in the you know in our circle is that anytime we have a, a friend of ours that wants to jump on and just come yeah. hang out with us. So that's the whole thing behind crashing game night. It was like, Jerry yeah. and I were sitting there trying to come up with a name for the podcast. And it was like red button, this and like different things. And trying and to be like, clever and like, Oh, what's like, what's like gaming and like, like now and cool. But um, yeah, I think we were kind of reminiscing about, one of the nights that like uh, I came out to come see you in Colorado and yeah. we just, you just had a game night, like it had a fun game night, which is like pizza, good friends. And then we were like, like crashing game night. And like, then I'm like crashing game night, dude. And like our guests are crashing game night. You know, we're yeah. all here having, you know, BS about different things. We'll talk. Movies, games, and then, you know, just, they're just here chilling. Yeah. Just like, if we were to have a game night and you were in town, I'd be like, dude, come over. <laughs> yeah. well, and that's, you know, that's, it's funny that you guys say that. Cause that's actually kind of how I run my channel too. Like I try to make, so for example, my Twitch streams, I want people to feel like they're sitting right next to me in my studio playing games with me. Even if it's a single player game, like obviously I play final fantasy. Those are very single player games, Yeah. but I want my audience to feel like, they are sitting right here next to me and we're just chilling, maybe having a beer, maybe a slice of pizza Mm -hmm. and just having fun. And I think that's kind of what's been the secret to just being as, as growing as fast as I have. And that's what the atmosphere that you guys present too. So I think that's kind of what helps you guys as well. Yeah. Cause it's it's all about just having fun and just like kicking back and you know, all of us have different lives and we're just like, Hey, you know what? Tonight, (laughs) get all together hanging out you know well it's a good way to forget the, forget the world's problems too yeah. like there's so much oh, stuff yeah. going on there's so much stuff going on out there and if for even if it's only you know 10 seconds of somebody's life if you have the ability to change somebody's life that's what it's all about and if just oh, yeah. chilling out on a podcast with a bunch of friends yeah. is yeah. is what helps do that then perfect if it's a twitch stream perfect oh, yeah course. exactly you know, and all of us, have, all like, of us have like gotten to know each other now, you know, like via games too, you know. 
bring the bring the I mean, together. What's funny <laughs> is like right. You want to tell you like how we all met. E3 2014, standing in line yeah. for Disney Infinity. I mean, we're just sitting there, right? Stop. And like, Jason's off doing Final Fantasy. No, hey, hey, no. That year, <laughs> oh, that first year, oh. I was actually rovering around. I was, <laughs> rovering around. Around. I was And like, Jerry, Jerry and I are just standing <sighs> in line, just talking, BSing. It still hurts. You know? And then we just got to talking about the tester. And and whatnot. He goes, dude, Sky Diddy's here, and Sky Diddy's one of the guys from season three. And I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah. And Diddy came over, and you know, now we're friends with you know Diddy and Jay Titan and all that. But it was like, yeah. it was just a chance meeting. And now it's like Jerry was in my wedding. You yeah. know, he's the godfather <laughs> of my son. It's like, I mean, his mom's like my at, second mom. And we met at Disney Infinity. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, and that's the crazy um, thing, too, about video games is that they bring us together in such weird ways and they form some the Internet forms some of the best friendships. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, do you ever feel like sometimes, you know, the people that you grew up with, the friends that you had, they all kind of move away. They kind of they all yeah. kind of do their own thing. But it's like Internet friends, I feel like, are some of the strongest bonds you have. And you may never actually meet those people in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That totally is true. true. Absolutely. I mean, because it's like through like doing virtual photography right and even the final fantasy like i've been as i've been putting stuff out there and you know started following you and then we started talking and and everything it's like the friendships i'm starting to grow out of that is huge it's like some of these guys actually like care you know i've got a guy that i talked to that we've given props to um Mila carter who's over in south korea right now like we we started talking over the division because he does cosplay and i was like dude you do a fantastic job and it just grew from there and it's one of those things. It's like we kind of still talk about the division, but now I more check in on him to say, how's your family doing? Because they are in the quarantine zone in South Korea right now. He has to work from home and there's no end in sight on when that's going to be lifted. So for me, it's like I check in on those people. You know, some of those people on Twitter, it's like you see them post something and you're like, that doesn't sound right for you. If that, I mean – if you say it that way, you know, it's like it's hard to pick up sometimes things on on Twitter, on text or anything. But mm-hmm. it's just like that's not something you would normally post. What's wrong? You know, and I've gotten to that point with a lot of people that have become followers of the podcast, followers of me. It's like I think the world needs more of it. You know, just more just empathy and compassion. And that's kind of like what I looked at with an article I wrote about E3 getting canceled is that, you know, we need to help those indie dev guys out, you know, because a lot of those guys aren't going to be able to get their game in front of a publisher. You know, there's a lot of independent media like us included that aren't going to be able to get in front of those devs. So like those big time journalists, you know, give those little guys a hand, you know, let them because this was a this was a shot for them. Um, just like I think, too, is you having that PAX experience is going to help you, too, because now you've you've talked to neil moore in person you've talked to everybody in person and um you know to that you got to play the demo which i know you were kind of scared of (laughs) um so what was it what was it like to you playing the demo and knowing that right over there like 12 feet away from you is john brit (laughs) Brie, <laughs> so that was that's an interesting experience too because so when i got to pax 
I was super nervous. I was on like three hours of sleep and I was worried because I was only going to be there fully for a whole day. So Saturday was like my full day that I was going to be there because I had to leave on a flight at 2 p.m. on Sunday. So any time that I spent at the show on Sunday was going to be very brief. So uh, I got there on Saturday morning and I had to rush to get my demo ticket. But they were also doing autograph signings, so I had to rush to get that, too, at 1030. Well, I was super worried because the demo ticket and the autograph signings could have been at the exact same time. It worked out perfectly. The demo ticket was for 12 to 1 in the afternoon. The signing was for 230 to 4. So my nerves were kind of gone away there. But then when I got in line for the demo, the nerves started coming back because – if you guys are as invested in this project as I am, which I'm sure you are, yeah. oh, we, we have a hater. We have a hater. We oh, have a hater over oh. here. Well, first, first of all, first of all, this and and I, thank God Jason is here for this. This stems back to when they when the very first together. announcement. This is when when I when Jason when we was my manager. Together. We were I worked. We worked at a little mom pa like video game spot, and I'm talking about when Jason. When was it when they first announced like Dude, it was actual like a, make? So it was that like was what? Snippet, like 14, 15. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a snippet, and we're like, wait, is this E3, real? E3 2015. Yep. It, further back, I want to. Yeah, I want to oh, say you're like, like, talking the, Are you like, talking the uh, the PS3 the tech demo? tech demo that they did? The tech demo, but 2006. Like they're announced yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, it was, this it stems was. back to that because that's how far back like Final Fantasy goes back for me. That was my first RPG. I had no idea what RPGs were until like okay, I'm going to start Final Fantasy VII. It just so happened uh, one of my buddies had it and they let me play it. Loved it. Like. Like did everything I could for that game. Got every weapon. Like whatever secret like was on the internet. Like boom, I tried to do it. Like I loved that game. So the moment I saw that tech demo, yeah, I was, was so hopeful for years. I think it was set for like a PS like a PS3 that they were like, yeah, like check this out. Yeah, yeah. Like and the PS3 hasn't even come out yet. So uh, years go by, and finally we get another another uh, trailer, and that's like around the beginning of like PS4, like when it comes out. Yeah, fifteen, right? Soldier. Yeah, yeah. When they did the cloud walking through the the alley. So then I'm like super excited because they waited for the perfect moment. Like the PS4, it's gonna make it look beautiful. Like I was so hyped. And then a few more years go <laughs> by. So I get mm-hmm. so I tend to get a little salty. So we got to we got to talking about E three last year and what you know, prepping for it and whatnot, and we threw down a bet that if they got they gave us a release date, gameplay, and a trailer, 
Jerry was gonna have to apologize to Square. In <laughs> some way, shape, super salty. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're talking like, about like this you is know like episodes of like whenever Final Fantasy came up. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. It's never gonna come out. It's never coming out. <laughs> I am telling you, I thought you, it was going to the. I, like, oh, dude, you want to talk about rants? I was going on rants and like, oh, yeah, they're, they're putting all their like money towards the four, 13, 14. It was Kingdom, it was it's Kingdom no Hearts way. 3. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. It was Heart. like that whole track. He yeah. thought it was going to be like you the Tracker Dump. Like, uh, encyclopedia, yeah. Break Back 7. And right. no, like, yeah, I was super salty, man. And so, I was like, <laughs> not getting anything to see 3. Not I, only. Like, Not only I'm did so we get so all three of those, <laughs> we had Jerry. We've actually put it out to like the fans. Hey, what would you like to see Jerry do for an apology? Yeah. You know, um, but we ended up <laughs> making him in front of the square booth right after we talked to Neil for a few minutes. Uh, we made him apologize by doing the Spider-Man dance. Spider-Man, <laughs> the, the emo dance, <laughs> the Tobey Maguire dance. There oh, is, that's awesome. We yeah. put video, it is, it is archived on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, for all the world to see. I'm going to have to watch that. Um, I even turned it into a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have a, we've had a running joke now for about a month now, because I, I they put a... Got, we got all that. And, yeah. and they announced, like, it wasn't even just that. Like, the kicker was, like, they even announced collector's editions where it was, and like, it oh, my God. The like, show dude. floor. Yeah. And, like, I I got so hyped again. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I was such a hypocrite. But I'm, like, oh, my God. Dude. Dude, do you see the collector's edition? I'm, dude, I'm totally thinking about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I totally became a hypocrite. But it was so funny. We have this running joke, like, because a couple of weeks ago, Fortnite announced they're putting um, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. They're actually putting oh, a Rick roll into Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've <laughs> had this running joke where we'll play, like, the song <laughs> for a few. And so what I did was I took the dance and I put the song to the dance <laughs> and made the TikTok out of it. That's pretty cool. Um, That's yeah, awesome. It was, it was fun, but but – since we got completely off rails, but anyway, so you got your ticket, um, which we know how you had to rush to get that ticket because that's what they did at E3 was, yeah. you know, yeah. Hey, and they did it where industry was one half of the day. The, uh, lowly gamer passes were the other half of the day. Um, so it made it even that more chaotic. Um, but yeah, so when you picked up that controller and saw it on the screen for the first time, so let's 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 rewind about ten minutes. When I first got in line, I'm standing behind a bunch of people and I'm like super nervous because I'm about to play the one game that I've had in my brain since that tech demo. All of my dreams yeah. and aspirations oh my God. are are about to be in my hand. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Fanboys, but in that yep. movie Love that movie. At the very end, do you remember where they're in the theater and they they're yeah. all like super hyped and they're all just re- this is the movie they've been waiting years for. Phantom Menace. Phantom and, and what he if goes, it sucks? What if it sucks? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh my god! I that thought creeped into my head. Oh. And I'm oh like, no. oh, oh my god! What oh, if this no, game that's, sucks? Oh, that's so. Terrible. I'm standing in line for it. Felt like an 
age. I mean, it just felt forever. I finally get up to the, the, the beginning or the end of the line and I'm the next person up to play the demo. I get up there and I'm like, I feel like my palms were sweaty. I was so nervous. I put my hand on the controller and it was like literally everything I had just felt for the last half an hour was gone. All of the, all of those nerves, all of those, all of the anxiety. And I hadn't even pressed start yet. I was listening to the opening screen. I was listening to the music. Isn't it beautiful? Yes. And it was the, it was the most calming thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I hit press start, chose my settings and I started playing and it was the greatest experience I think I've ever had playing a demo. Right. I, I, I grabbed that controller and I'm, you know, I'm hitting square. I'm using commands. I'm fighting the guard scorpion. And it was the same thing I felt when I played this game legitimately for the first time, the original game for the first time. It was like the greatest adventure that I'm about to ever undertake is about to unfold right in front of me. And that was like gamer heaven for me. And I'll never forget that feeling as long as I live. And that was funny. You you talk about that screen and I'm like, I'm listening to the music and I can see the original opening on the game, you know, where it drops in, you can choose your file and it's got the, like the buster sword and everything. I can just picture that all in my head. And it's just like, Wow. It's like you could close your eyes and see childhood you picking up picking up a PS1 controller. I I wish it was. I wish it was childhood me. (laughs) Which is amazing, amazing. Yeah, and what's what's so great about it is like, especially when you start and you you get you start the opening sequence, like you. I don't know about you, but I I could close my eyes the first time I was playing it. In, in like PlayStation graphics, which was like, oh yes, like totally made me reminisce about all of that. Well, and I think the beauty of Final Fantasy VII Remake too is that, so we played the original on PS1, mm-hmm. but when we looked at that game, I don't think we ever saw the the low texture polygons. I don't. Think oh no, we, we, we ever we saw like, those things, dude. Like we were like, we, what we were, the hell? This yeah, is like we were just as amazed as what we were as we're amazed now with PS4. Well, and that's like, the thing. That, it's like that was the well, yeah. That's what's so crazy. It's like the PS1 version is like what we saw back then is what I feel like the, this generation is seeing now. Like we pictured mm-hmm. the 1997 Final Fantasy VII looking this way in our heads, yeah. Yeah. and now and now and now that it's actually a reality, it's like all of our dreams have just come true. Yeah. And what's funny is Brie was like talking about how she's doing it backwards, right? Because she's yeah. she knows what FF7 remake looks like and and all of that, but she's she hasn't played the original, and she's starting to go through that because she's she's had John on as a guest to play through it. She had Eric on um, her Twitch channel, um, Strange Rebel Gaming, and it's just like she's just amazed by it, just yeah. what that game was, and like. For any of us, I think Final Fantasy VII is what really ushered in Final Fantasy for the masses. For, for I mean, the U.S. It I think sold, so. it sold for the U.S. System, yeah, right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we had F- we had Final Fantasy three, which was actually six, six yeah. um, on the Super Nintendo, but it didn't do a lot. I mean, you know, it was stateside. it was like it was the Super Nintendo, one of the big uh, RPGs to get. But it wasn't like the like, man, you got to check this out, you know, because yeah. it came out the same time with Chrono Trigger. Came out at the same time with Earthbound, Earthbound, Zelda, everything. So, like, it kind of got muddled. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, dude, if you play Final Fantasy VII, you'll love Six because of the it's the same style. Or it's the same, like, not same story, but, like, has that amazing story just in that 2D plane, you know? Like, and I feel that's what the big Final Fantasy VII was. Is like, dude, you can go in this 3D plane, you see, like what the person kind of looks like and you're just like dude my imagination is blown right now because we're well, so I, used to I seeing think, that too that i kind of think the, the biggest i think one of the biggest things that we got finally from final fantasy was not only the 3d but um us as the u.s we like to associate with characters and like those characters be, like obviously became so beloved i mean cloud himself kind of ended up separating himself from Final Fantasy VII to other venues and, like, people recognize him as a solid character. So, like, yeah, I think we associated the characters and the the story itself um, immensely from Seven. You know, that's a good segue. Go ahead. Well, and the beautiful thing is, too, is, like, so with Final Fantasy VII Remake, this is a game that's going to usher in a whole new generation just like the original seven did and people that haven't played the original are going to either a play the original now in preparation for the remake or once they play the remake they're going to want to see what the hype was all about in the first place because maybe they've never played the original or maybe that you know this is your say your kids playing it right now your kids playing the final fantasy 7 remake and you played as a kid the original Final Fantasy VII, so now you can show this original Final Fantasy VII to your children, your nieces, nephews, mm-hmm. cousins, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is great about this remake is that not only is it promoting the fact that it's a new game with a new continuity with the same characters and story that we know and love, but it's also going to inspire several f- millions of fans that are getting into these games for the first time to go back and play the legacy games to go back Mm -hmm. and play final fantasy seven. And then are they going to get a new love for the whole series and play one through six and too bad. We too bad. We got a crap remaster. Too bad. We had a crap remaster on eight. Yeah, because that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, granted the characters look great, but when you realize you're still playing with PS one (laughs) backgrounds, you know, um, (laughs) So, you know, that's a good segue, you know, with you talk with us talking about seven and, and the other stuff is um, Twitter follow of yours, uh, Reaper 89 had the question of what made you fall for the original and why? So that's actually a really good question. Um, I was a very nerdy child, if you can believe that. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Night. Look behind you. <laughs> no. so, all yeah. that stuff <laughs> behind you. you know? Yeah, that's true. So, um, I think Final Fantasy VII for me was like this grand adventure that I could get lost in, because I feel like growing up, I did have a few friends, but I don't think I ever really had the kind of friendships where we hung out all the time, or we, you know, we 
went to do stuff together all the time. I think for me, video games were, was always kind of that escape. And, you know, I grew up playing Mario Brothers and stuff like that. But for me, story-based games always kind of resonated with me because I could get lost in them very easily. I, I had a very active imagination as a kid. And Final Fantasy VII was kind of one of those worlds where if you let it, it can suck you in. And 40 to 50 hours later, you've gone on this grand adventure. And I think just the charm of the original is what drew me to it. And the fantastic storytelling and somewhat relatable characters in a fantasy setting is what made me fall in love with it. Because even if you... Even if you look at Final Fantasy as one of those series where everything is fantastical, it's dragons and swords and castles and magic and stuff like that. It's like these characters have very real problems. You know, like in Final Fantasy VII, we have Shinra, who's this mega corporation, and they're oppressing the people while also making them think they're the greatest thing in the world. And I think you can apply that to real life. But also you have these characters like Cloud who – has these heroes he has this hero sephiroth that he grew up loving and then he finds out that his hero is actually a villain and i think sometimes you can apply that to real life where you meet somebody that you've idolized your whole life and they don't turn out to be the person you thought they were and you're severely disappointed absolutely but there's also the pain of loss that you that you suffer in final fantasy 7 and you feel that with those characters too and you know the original intent for the death of those characters was that they wanted to show that death is permanent and that these people don't come back. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a good lesson for me as a kid too, because I lost my, I lost my grandma at a very young age and that stuck with me. And I think final fantasy seven and final fantasy 10 and the series as a whole helped me deal with those things because I saw those characters dealing with those things too. And it felt like I had, as lonely and weird as that sounds, (laughs) it felt like I had these characters that I could fall back on that I knew for a fact that they were going through what I was going through with the pain and the loss. So I I guess that's kind of why I fell in love with seven and why I fell in love with the series as a whole. Now, speaking of your whole heart, like you mentioned, um, fish fried cat was curious to know how many pets soldier would give red 13. If he had the chance. All of the pets. All the pets. All all of the pets. All the pets Red 13 would allow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we actually get to actually a really great question, this this one kind of made you and I kind of laugh a little bit um, from Dandy. And we we had some fun with it on Twitter with it. But uh, does Soldier work in Area 51? What language does he use to communicate with the aliens? Um, is it kind of a mind language that regular folks don't comprehend? Well, you know, as a soldier first class, I can't give away all of Shinra's. I can't, I can't give away all of Shinra's military secrets, but just know, uh, I do have some Genova cells and some Mako infusions, so I'll let you figure that one out on your own. And what's even better is he did answer it as though he was R2-D2. On Twitter, that was great. <laughs> oh, I was laughing, dude. When you posted that and answered that right there, I was like, I could. I was like laughing out loud. I was like, and I was at work, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> people are listening to me just laugh. So, 
So it's funny. Last- it's, it's funny because uh, on the on the Twitter subject, I feel like sometimes, like I just say random stuff, and it's so funny when people like interact with me on those posts because like it can make for some really good comedy. Oh, it is. <laughs> Speaking oh, yeah, speaking man. of Twitter users and stuff like that, we had one other question from Classy Crustacio, and it was, what would you define as turn-based? I feel that FF7 Remake has turn-based in classic mode. What is your take? So for me, I consider turn-based to be what I believe 1 through 3 was, where it was strictly one side takes their turn, the other side takes their turn, and then it's... It's, you know, back before they introduced ATB, which would exactly. be three I was four, I maybe? don't I haven't played four in ages, but I know um, ATB was on four US to Japanese four. OK, there was so an ATB okay. for me, ATB is not turn based because ATB is like as soon as your bar fills, you can you can do this. But in turn-based, you don't really have that. So if you have status effects like slow or haste, mm-hmm. your bar goes faster. You can take more turns. So it's not really necessarily turn-based for me. And then we get into Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I feel like it's this hybrid system. Mm-hmm. Classic mode does not feel like turn-based per se, but it does in a way because classic mode is mostly about the menu-driven combat, which is very synonymous with turn-based and ATB systems Mm. and classic mode for me, the attacks feel like free, free attacks or free motions. Mm -hmm. And so does blocking and guarding. So those are all things that build up your ATB bar, make it faster, make it slower, you know? And for me, I feel like classic mode does have the originals intent when it comes to the ATB system, because you're automatically battling when it comes to standard attacks, but the real meat of the combat is still in the menus. And even in the active normal mode, I feel like the combat is not all about what people call hacking and slashing. It's not all about the menus. It's this combination system that actually works really quite well. And I it's think quite really, fluid. It is. It is. And, yeah. and for me, classic mode, while I do wish that it was a little bit harder or they had different settings for classic mode, classic mode does feel more like the original Except the only difference is, is that you can move, you can guard, you can dodge, and you can free attack without using an ATB bar. Because in the original 7, you had to use a standard attack by using an ATB bar, and you don't have to do that anymore. And I feel like that's only an improvement. I mean, how many people want to sit there and just standard attack the whole time? They don't. That's why we have the Materia system. That's why we have all these different interlocking systems. Because... While ATB back in the day was great, yeah. using a single bar of ATB and that being your turn just to use a standard attack isn't always the greatest strategy. Yeah. And so I think use that's an item, why, even. You know. Yeah, even use an item. And I think that's where the remake actually improves upon that system. Because if you don't want to hack and slash, you don't have to. If you don't want to use the menus, you don't have to. It's all about player choice. And I feel like the more options we have the better the gameplay can be, the better it is to the player themselves. Because not everybody likes turn-based. Not everybody likes action. Not everybody likes the hybrid system. But I feel like there's something, no matter what difficulty, no matter what mode you play on, there is something for everyone in this game. And that's 
mm-hmm. I, I think that while it's not strictly turn-based, it's not strictly action, it's enough of both, and classic mode gives you enough of the original system to be viable. But I do wish yep. that classic mode had a harder difficulty inside of classic mode. Mm-hmm. So let's let's pivot a little bit um, to the the show that every June everybody looks forward to, and that's E3. So due to COVID nineteen, as we know, it is it is hitting America and the rest of the world pretty hard. Um, since this announcement yesterday. Um, you've had the NBA is suspending its season indefinitely. Major League Soccer is suspending its season. Major League Baseball is going to have a delayed start. NCAA all of broad, also. Uh, NCAA today. has canceled all winter and spring sports. So that means there's no, no March World Se- or there's no College World Series. There's no March Madness. Broadway has closed down for 30 days in New York City. They hardly ever close. Oh, and the buffets in Vegas. Oh, oh the buffets Vegas, man. F's in the chat. <laughs> RIP. RIP. So, I just wanted to just briefly cover that. Um, you know, reading from their statement, it was, after careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we have made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th through the 11th in L.A. Following increased and overwhelming concerns about the COVID-19 virus, we felt this was the best way to proceed during such an unprecedented global situation. We are very disappointed that we are unable to hold this event for our fans and supporters, but we do know it's the right decision based on the information we have today. Our team will be reaching out directly to exhibitors and attendees with information about providing full refunds, which... We still haven't gotten any information in our emails that uh, E3 has been canceled. Um, but, you know, we have press releases all day long. But uh, we are also exploring options with our members coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. Updates will be shared on E3Expo.com. We thank everyone for their share uh, who shared their views on reimagining E3 this year. We look forward to bringing you E3 2021 as a reimagined event that brings fans, media, and the industry together in a showcase that celebrates the global video game industry. I think they did the right thing. Jerry, I hope they don't cancel Comic-Con on you because I think that's the next one. That's Such the next a bummer. big con up. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's going to get canceled. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, yeah, I think so, too. Well, and Maximilian Dude the other day was actually talking about Evo getting canceled, too. And yep. that's like the biggest fighting game show in the world. And Correct. That's yep. insane. Like, um, all of these different shows are coming to, you know, uh, this. they have to come to this decision. And it is, you know, it does suck because it's like all these indie developers are now kind of in limbo. But at the same time, you can't risk being the show that everybody caught covid from like right e3 e3's got to think about their future reputation while they may not be around for that much longer due to just the way companies are handling their streaming and stuff well, e3 yeah. does not want to be known as the show where everybody got this virus yeah the, then they'll be done that's that's and, they're done and that's, then they'll really be done and yeah, i think that's yeah. where a lot of these shows are also coming from too because you don't comic-con doesn't want to be the show that gets in trouble for this. Oh God, no, you know, Evo yeah. doesn't want to be the show that gets in trouble for this. Uh, I, I think we're seeing that most of these major shows, if you've got tickets to, you might as well expect these are going to get canceled unless something I mean, happens soon. Could you imagine the class action lawsuits? 
Oh, it'd be like, horrible. Oh, it would be horrible. Yeah. I mean, E3, we already know was on. it was needing to either reinvent itself or just go away. I mean, last year, day three on Thursday, the media bailed completely. Oh, yeah. And you, you, we, could, you could walk on, on to demos and just like, can I try it? Like, sure. We waited, what, two hours well, for Avengers, and that was it. Well, yeah, the Square Enix was still pretty much yeah, great. Square Enix and Nintendo were the only places that were still. Seven, yeah, yeah. well, that's, Cyberpunk as well, but. That's how PAX was, too. Like, when I got to PAX, I didn't feel like the crowd was that big. But anytime Square Enix was there, like showing anything or doing anything, it was like this massive wave of people. But you could tell that, like, this whole thing was looming over the show. Because even though it wasn't to the point where we're at now, where it was kind of like a state of emergency thing, it was still like, I mean, I saw more hand sanitizer bottles than I've ever seen in my entire life at this show. <laughs> and so you didn't get the pack yeah. box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I got, I actually, it's funny because I didn't get. Obviously, I didn't get COVID from the show, but when I got home, I actually got the flu, and I, yeah. I tested. Oh, I, te- wow. I I tested oh. for the flu. It, it was obviously just the flu, but you don't know how freaked out I was. Yeah, coming yeah. home and I started getting sick, and as we so, heard about that Pax Pox, that was uh, yeah, it was bad. I think yep. a lot of people got yeah. it, and you know when you have that collection of people like that. It was definitely looming over the show, and you could tell. Even the presenters were kind of like nobody was shaking hands like they normally do. Nobody was, you know, it, everybody was keeping kind of like yeah. a safe distance from each more, other. More overtly cautious. Yeah, it was. So, it was very. It was definitely, as I said, looming over yeah. everybody's heads. So I think they did the right thing. You know, um, hopefully it is back next year because I think E3 is something that everybody looks forward to because it's E3. I mean, yeah. it's you know. Um, now, speaking of last week's episode, Jerry, Newman's got something for you. Oh, great. So oh, to give you the, the backstory on Newman, he is actually a guy that I work with um, in my day job. And he would write in comments and whatnot. So we had Daniel uh, Basudion, who plays the voice of Frey in God of War. So we were kind of was like, oh, Jerry. And she's like, she was like, oh, you mean like Newman? And through that, just one off-cuff comment, Newman was born. That's his nickname. That's what we call him and, and whatnot. So, Jerry, he wanted oh, to say Lord. that he says, Jerry likes the dark room because he spends most of his life in the dark. <laughs> but okay. he did go on to say, another great guest, having a voice actor that is knowledgeable gamer is a bonus. And kudos for the Diablo 2 shout-out used to land party that with my roommates back in the day. Yo, that's the game. So sweet. Okay. So, wasn't it wasn't too bad. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't that painful for you, Jerry. Little, it was like a, so those little, those he, little jab, those little jabs. Just, little, yeah, he just like did that love it. tap just to make yeah, you know he's still tap. there. You know. <laughs> okay. So, cool. So that time of the show, I know, well, Soldier, well, you have been playing a ton of FF7 remake and FF7. Going simultaneously on your Twitch channels. Have you gotten to play anything else over the last, you know, couple of days, week? Uh, I've been like slowly creeping through Resident Evil Two remake. Nice. Um, Dragon Chris Quest. or Claire? Uh, Chris or uh, Leon? Or, uh, Leon rather. Leon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, a little bit of Dragon Quest Eleven S on Switch. Um, and. 
I think that's really about it right now because I've been so busy with the channel. And honestly, most of the time that I get to game is when I stream. So that's why I really like streaming, too, because it gives me the chance to play games. And because uh, I, I do work a full time job on on outside of YouTube and then I stream two times a week and do YouTube almost every day. So I don't find a lot of time to game. So when I do, it's like the greatest thing ever because, mm-hmm. you know, and it's usually on Twitch streams and my whole thing is Final Fantasy. So Final yeah. Fantasy seven remake demo and Final Fantasy seven are pretty much what I'm playing right now. So I solidly. I asked cool. John uh, when he was on because he was a big Final Fantasy VII fan. Um, what is, so since we're on this Final Fantasy VII, what is your original oh, yeah, yeah. like? Oh, your what's original your original three team? The yeah, three. Yeah. Your, what's your my, team? My three, team, baby. Well, obviously Cloud, uh, Barrett, and I. I interchange Vincent and usually Tifa. But okay. it's for the most part, my team is Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa. Okay, everyone's cool. Avalanche. I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jerry, Jason, how is the Sekiro challenge going? I started it. I rage quit <laughs> already about like six times. I hate that oh. game. But I'm. But it's not. It's not testing my patience. It's more like. I can do better. Oh man. When I get to like when I so, get to start cursing, that's when like I have not I have to step back. For me, I have not fought against the tutorial guy or like the dummy fighter so much in a game in my life. <laughs> like I'm just still practicing that parrying, practicing the counter, like and it, even still, like I was after playing God of War, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I can get the parries down." Yes, or like, yes. yeah, I went, I went, I went. Nope, head this is like I went head first. kind of like pixel perfect ish. Well, yeah. not pixel perfect, but it's it's pretty tight. Pretty, pretty damn pretty close. Tight. It's tight. That parry system is like you got to keep it tight. Yeah, like yeah. you you are you a samurai. Funny <laughs> funny story about Sekiro. Uh, <laughs> I rage quit so hard, I had to buy a new controller. <laughs> and oh. and then I Hear deleted that, the, I deleted the game entirely off my PS4. Oh, oh damn! So I I got past the giant snake and that's it. And no, that's yeah, not, we don't even know like that's oh, not even that far. I'm, not, I'm yeah. really I'm not even that close. That's yeah. not even and like, I'm still like God, <laughs> God damn. So let's talk rage quit. <laughs> let's talk rage quitting. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Three got me to throw my controller. Oh yeah, he, he, he and stopped. you and you quit the he game quit. for like and months. And I quit the game for a while, months. So November was the last time I played it, and I was done with it. I I threw my controller twice. First time I'd ever done that with a game <laughs> outside of Elder Scrolls Oblivion when it glitched and I took the game out of the, my 360 and threw it against the wall and broke the disc. <laughs> See, this is um, all like crazy to me because. I've never gotten to that level. Yeah. Like I've never gotten I've that never, level. Okay, hold on, Jerry. I've, I've, and I've never broken a controller. I've I've always just like kind of slammed my hands on my desk. That's as far as I've been. But like, oh have you God. ever have hey, you ever invested game, of course, but like have you ever invested hundred and twenty hours in a game and it glitch and you can't go any further in the game? Oh see no. Or are you no. talking about oblivion? 
I'm talking about Oblivion. Uh, yes, I have actually I have actually had that happen before. Um, uh, and uh, oh, no. that's worthy of the disc being broken. No, it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't like an Oblivion game, but I think oh it was uh, oh yeah it was Metal Gear Solid two. Yeah, yeah. I've never, uh, I've never I was had going that. for all I was going for all of the secrets, but then uh, like. You know how you can get like the ninja suit and like, but you have to do everything in a timed manner. Or there were like little secrets for you to get these weapons and, and stuff. So, so I was so close to finishing it, but uh, for some reason, like it, you know, you always think on the PS2, the the black discs are more like comparable to like get stuck or like mess up. Nope. Uh, it was so the it blues. did. Uh, yeah, it was the blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that happened. It glitched, and I lost all of my memory. I had to restart. Even my even my first overall save, like, it all got corroded where, like, I, oh. I, I didn't even know. I couldn't even explain, like, what happened. It just literally glitched. I lost all of my saves where I had, I had to completely start over. Well, if you, if you didn't use those memory cards that had little switching buttons on them, you wouldn't have had that problem. I just used one after the other. I just, yeah. Sorry, so, man. Like that was I'm actually like, that was actually no thing. That was actually a thing back in the day. Is those um, PS2 memory cards? Yeah, if you got really. the ones that that had the little switching buttons on them, yeah, they were the more expensive. Actually, <laughs> they were they actually corrupted your your system, and it was something that was rumored to be built into the PS2 itself. Oh, really? To prevent that from happening. So. But speaking of the rage quitting, though, I proceeded to go through a couple more floors of Luigi's Mansion 3. I got two left. Are you nice. going to finish game. it? Nice. I'm oh, going to finish it. There we See, go. And, and this is the craziest thing, too. When he finally picked up the contr- like controller to play Luigi's Mansion, first time. First run. Beat first the run. Playing I was the like, boss. <laughs> beat it. Like, oh, my God. Yep. What, what was I picking? Dude, sometimes that's, that's so, all it takes. Like, yeah, I, my worst, break. my worst rage, and I actually have this on video. And I, I sometimes make the, I, I sometimes put it in clips and videos as a joke. <laughs> it's kind of what I started being known for. Oddly enough, uh, I made, I used, I'm like my specialty thing when I first started was I was like a Final Fantasy X guide kind of person. So. If you've played 10 and you know the mini games in that game, you know how rage inducing they are. <laughs> so the Chocobo race is the most infamous mini game, I think, in Final Fantasy history. Yeah, that one's that one. Li- you don't yeah. think yeah. the lightning dodge the light- is no, no, the no. The, choco- is the worst. The, the lightning dodge is tedious, but it is not. Chocobo, bro. I don't know. So the Chocobo race, I'm doing it and I'm live on stream. And this is my old channel. So uh, this is going way back. Uh, I'm playing and I just finished like a run where I was just like that point one second, you know, that yeah. you're, just, you're oh, super, yeah, yeah. you're super angry because you, you have to win the race. Just, you have to win it. Yeah. You have to, you yeah, have to yeah, actually get negative time. Yeah. I, I, I was on this perfect run and about midway through it, I got hit by this bird oh. and I swear oh. it was like, I just saw red I chucked my controller, my, my Xbox 360 rock candy controller all the way across my stream room. I stood up and I'm, I'm swearing my head off. Like I'm just, 
going nuts. And there's this right behind where I was sitting was this folding chair. Oh, no. And I'm not joking. I grabbed that metal folding chair and I threw it at least a good 20 feet across my house. Oh, my God. And you could hear it crash and you could hear and I broke the controller. The 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 chair was all the way across the room. I was just swearing like crazy. All and right, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I saved that clip and now I use that clip in videos as a joke. Oh, that's so, so great. So I got two questions for you as we wind out tonight. So the first question is one that we ask of every single guest. What is your favorite game to play for game night when you have game night with your family and friends? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, there's always the classics like Goldeneye. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. Okay. There's Ooh. also. Ooh, that can break up families too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah can. Oh, there's yeah. Ma- there's Mario Kart. Battle and uh, friendships. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like all the really good party games are just friendship enders. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, I think old Halo land parties. Man, it's so tough to pick a favorite, but I think I'd have to go with the game that I grew up playing with all of my friends all the time, and that's probably Halo 2. Oh, okay, nice. I think that's probably my favorite party game of all time, because those game nights used to get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that, because I used to do Halo LAN parties with friends, too. And, yeah. So, second question is for those listeners, a lot of them do know who you are and follow you. But for those that don't know how to follow you on social media and stuff like that, why don't you let our listeners know how they can find you? Uh, You guys can find me on most social media. I'm not like huge on Instagram, but I do have one. Um, It's my username for the most part, except for Twitter. Somebody has that one. So it's at sold underscore first class on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is soldier underscore first class. YouTube is the same. And uh, let's see, what else do I have? I, that's about it, actually. Um, I am and on Twitch. Facebook. Yeah, and Twitch. It's uh, same as everything else, soldier underscore first class. Um, and on YouTube, obviously. And that's about it where you can find me. I'm pretty much on every social media. I've got my own Facebook page. I've got my own Facebook group. And uh, I I like to call my community the ranks of soldier kind of a play on the whole Shinra thing, (laughs) which is like the common theme. Yeah. And then I go make a comment to him, like I'm in the Turks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's another. So um, soldier definitely want to thank you for crashing game night with us tonight. It's been a blast. Um, You are like all of our other guests. You are more than welcome to crash game night anytime you want i'd you love to get all of me yeah. you can you can be bored on a thursday night and be like hey you guys recording and i'll be like yeah come on oh please um yeah, yeah absolutely we have people okay. that want to do that and whatnot so um to all listeners as well thank you for crashing game night with us tonight as always if you like what you heard please make sure to hit that subscribe button on the podcast platform you're listening to us on and don't forget to make those comments hit that like don't forget to follow us on 
Twitter at CGN Podcast, myself, CGN underscore Matt. We also have the website, CrashingGameNight.com. I want to say, everyone, be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Take care, y'all. See you later. And as Theo would say, ta-ta for now.